Welcome, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Now let's join Pastor Ben Teefee for his message. If you and I haven't met, Ben Teefee is my name, and I get the great joy of being the lead pastor of this church. And we're thrilled that you could join us today for our Good Friday service. I was sitting there listening to Mez and James read, and my heart just began to fill with gratitude for the sacrifice of Jesus. My heart just began to audit my life and uh, spot all the different ways that life has changed since what happened on the cross intersected with my life. Isn't that a powerful thing that an event in history can take on not just historical significance, but eternal significance, miraculous significance, divine significance. And Good Friday stands not just as a day to remember a tragic martyrdom, but it stands as a day to celebrate a divine sacrifice. John records some of the most famous crucifixion narrative around the death of Jesus on the face of planet Earth. One of the most quoted verses all around the world on this day will come from John chapter 19 and verse 28 onwards. John says this later knowing that everything, everybody say everything, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I'm thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there and they soaked a sponge in it. They put the sponge on a stalk of a hyssop plant and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he'd received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head And he gave up his spirit. I want you to think about the narratives that have been read this morning. A large chunk of scripture that we've sat in and soaked in together. Jesus breaking bread and distributing wine with his disciples. Jesus taking up the towel of servanthood and and, and the bowl and the water jug and washing the feet of his disciples. Jesus on trial. Jesus being beaten, Jesus having his beard torn out, Jesus being mocked, Jesus being crowned with a mocking crown of thorns, Jesus being wrapped in a cloak from Herod, Jesus being sent to Pilate, Jesus being rejected just days after a city, the same city that rejected him, flooded the highway into Jerusalem saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus being rejected, Jesus being cast off, Jesus being sent outside the city to die. Jesus nailed to a cross. Jesus hanging in agony. All the while praying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And people are grateful that on days like this, it's even you and I that Jesus had in mind with his great statement. How many of us, when we discovered the joy of the gospel, when we discovered the knowledge of God, are just thrilled to be included in Jesus' prayer. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And today we stand there saying, many times we've, we've sinned knowingly, haven't we? And yet many of us, we lived our lives not knowing what the alternative was. We didn't know how to grope along through this life in the darkness that enshrouded our lives and yet the light of Jesus dawned on them and provided a way forward how many people are grateful for that I sure am they know not what they do Jesus hanging on the cross Jesus asphyxiating Jesus heart giving out Jesus lungs filling with liquid Jesus saying I'm thirsty a sponge of sour wine being offered Jesus bowing his head 
Jesus the sacrifice, Jesus the Lamb of God. From the outset of his ministry, John the Baptist saw him coming, pointed to everybody as he saw in the Spirit and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that's who he is. Jesus breathing his last and saying, It is finished. It's an amazing phrase, it is finished. In the world that Jesus was part of, the Roman Empire had taken over the entire face of the earth and, and, and they changed the language everywhere and brought the, the, the current tongue of the day, common Greek, Koinone Greek. And everywhere, even though Jesus spoke Aramaic and his family probably had some Hebrew, but now the Greek language is taking over everywhere. Even when you went shopping in the supermarket, the language of the colonists had taken over. So, so oppressive and, and so obtrusive was the might of Rome that now when you went to shop and you did business with someone in a marketplace, an agora and you paid them for their services and and, and you needed a receipt of some description and that receipt could come to you in the form of a little token made of clay or ceramic or, or something stamped in wax but often just a piece of parchment a type of ancient paper and on it would be the mini contract telling what you had paid and what services you had been supplied with and if you concluded your bill if you paid for the transaction if you handed over the money the shopkeeper would write or stamp a phrase on your receipt on that contract on that bill of lading And in the Greek language, which had taken over everywhere, this strange new phrase, even in Jerusalem, was used in the marketplace. This Greek phrase, te telestai, it is finished. It is paid in full. The the full payment has been made. Business done. Transaction over. When John writes his gospel, In the tongue of the day in common Greek, he says on the cross, Jesus breathed his last and he said, Te telestai. It is over. Transaction concluded. Payment received in full. There are three powerful images that come to us in these narratives that we've read today that I think Jesus has in mind. He's in the garden praying and he says, Lord, if you can take this cup from me and yet... Not my will, but yours be done. There are a contrast of cups in the story because prior to that, Jesus had shared a cup with his disciples and said, this cup is my blood given for you. Drink of it. And he's praying after enabling us to drink the cup of life, his life-giving blood, his life-giving sacrifice. He knows so that we can drink of the cup of life, he must drink of the cup of suffering. It's an exchange. The second image is he washes his disciples' feet. In the middle of the meal, it says Jesus got up and he washed his disciples' feet. What's amazing about this is they didn't have enclosed leather shoes. You know, they didn't have Johnny Chews, Jimmy Chews or RM Williams or Nikes in the ancient world. They had sandals or thongs. Some people would just have a little bit of cloth on their feet. Others might even use a bit of timber or leather, but many, many people would just go almost barefoot. And of course, they didn't have good roads and good pavement in the city of Jerusalem. And they didn't have nice cars like Volkswagens that emit only gases. 
They had these other things called horse wagons and donkey wagons and cattle and sheep. And they emitted gas, but it wasn't of a mechanical variety. But they didn't just emit gas. They left deposits everywhere you went in Jerusalem. And everywhere you went, you're navigating sewerage, human waste, dust and dirt, manure from all the various vehicles people have gotten around in. Imagine that stuff just getting all over you. It was normal in the ancient world. So imagine walking with uncovered feet through dusty, dirty ground, slick with, you know, your donkey where it had a urine leak and, or, or emitted some solids on the side of the road. And here you are walking through, and it's just a fact of life. Whatever you walk through, you pick it up, don't you? These disciples, they turn up to dinner with Jesus and they've been walking all through Jerusalem and everything that was smeared around Jerusalem as they walked through it, it got on them. They picked it up and they walked it right into their dinner with Jesus that night. It's so true, isn't it? For many of us, the truth is what we've walked through in life, it's gotten on us too. We picked it up. I was having a conversation with someone just before the service and we were talking about our dysfunctional childhoods and and uh, this lady was part of a foster care system and and uh, she was just sharing about the glory of God that she able to, was able to come through her life and the wonder of salvation that has healed her saved her separated her to God brought her light and hope and a much better future than what that system ever could have delivered to her and I was standing there I was thinking of my own past of violence and dysfunction and addiction and trauma man what I walked through it sure got on me and my feet were just as stinky as those disciples would have been that walked through the streets of Jerusalem that day and here's the Easter image Jesus saying to the disciples those stinky feeted disciples those with stuff caked on their feet so normal they don't even know it's there anymore and so Jesus clothed himself in a linen towel He takes the towel of servanthood and he clothes himself in it. And he goes to each of those disciples with their mud, manure, whatever else you can imagine. Who knows what was on there? You know, this day and age, we, we put on our antibacterial lotion before we even brush our teeth. Get out of the shower and we put on our antibacterial lotion. And uh, it wasn't like that in the ancient world. Jesus clothes himself and he takes those disciples And like he would pour out his life, he pours out some water. Mine's imaginary water. And he washes their feet. But I want you to see the image. Because the dirt and the grime and the grease and the cake on the feet of the disciples, it winds up on the towel. And the towel winds up on Jesus. And it's like in that one action, Jesus showed everything that would later happen within 24 hours on the cross of Calvary. All of your junk, all of your grime, everything that would make your life dark and dirty and grimy. All your shame, all your pain. In Isaiah's words, all of your affliction, all of your punishment, all of your sin. It ends up on Jesus in the great exchange. The grime off the feet of the disciples ends up on the body of Jesus. And later on, the punishment for the sin and the pain and the shame of the world will end up in the body of Jesus, the sacrifice. 
He was rejected by the public. He was rejected by his family. He was rejected by his disciples, abandoned. And he was rejected so that you and I can be accepted by God. I think when Jesus sprees his last and says, Tetelestai, it is finished. Business concluded. Transaction over. What Jesus is really thinking, what Jesus is really seeing, is he's seeing all these images culminate in what happened on the cross. Your feet can be clean no matter what you've walked through in life. I was rejected so that you can be accepted, accepted by God, accepted as the family of Christ, accepted into the people of God. I once was lost, but now I am found. I once was blind, but now I can see. He was cast off so that we could be brought in. He drank the cup of suffering so that we could drink the cup of life. I'm going to invite our service hosts to please come and distribute the communion elements. And as we conclude our service today, we're going to stop and we're going to do what Jesus did with his disciples the night, last night, the night before he died. He distributed some broken bread and he distributed a cup of wine among them. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. I'm going to ask the service host to distribute the bread and the wine. It's actually grape juice and the bread is really a gluten-free thing. So symbolic meal. But if you have health issues, we got you covered. And uh, what I want you to do, if you're comfortable with it, is just take a little piece of bread, take a cup of the wine, the, the grape juice, and then just sit and hold it. And the band are going to lead us in a song. And as you hold the bread and wine, I want you just to reflect on this body broken for you. I want you to reflect on this blood poured out for you. I want you to reflect on Jesus providing you the best bill of sale you've ever been given in your entire life. Te telestai. It is finished. Paul would encourage the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. This is what he said. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. That God who started something in you, that God who began a good work in you, in your life, in your heart, in your community, in this church, in our hearts, in our minds, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. You know what Paul says? He uses this word. How will he bring it to completion? Paul writing in Greek, he says, he will epitelestai. On the cross, Jesus says, tetelestai. Paul says, God will epitelestai. He will take the work, Jesus' finished work on the cross and do it in your life. Isn't that an amazing thought? He will take that phrase of Jesus, it is finished, but make it happen inside your life. The band are going to lead us in a song in just one moment. We're going to come back, sit with your bread and your wine, and we'll take it together. smile 
you take your bread hold it in your hand this is my body he says broken for you you know as we've worshiped today as we've prayed as we've sat under God's word it's like spiritually we are feasting on the very person of Christ taking in the gospel message and and now in a in a symbolic act we eat of the body of Jesus we eat of this bread as a way of saying Lord we take everything of the cross everything of who Jesus is everything of you into our very souls into our very lives we feed on you we dine on you we take you in let's eat together take of this cup this is my blood he said this is my blood a new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins for the salvation of humankind like grapes are plucked from the vine Jesus was plucked from his life like grapes are squeezed and crushed and and the the juice pours out Jesus was crushed for our iniquities Isaiah said squeezed put under great pressure 
as a sacrifice for us. Come on, let's drink as we take in the very message of Jesus into our hearts. Would you close your eyes in your own words? Just begin to thank Jesus. I pray for you, my friend. I pray for you today on this Good Friday. I pray the agreement with God made on the cross, the payment for your sin, the ransom price for the slavery to sin and death and fear and shame. I pray today you would say yes to the greatest transaction history has ever known. The swap of his life for our death, his righteousness for our shame, his righteousness for our sin, his life for our darkness, his light for our gloom. His wholeness for our brokenness. I pray for you today. I pray that the words of Jesus on the cross, it is finished, would be real in your heart and in your mind and in your life. I pray that Paul's words to the Philippians, he who began a good work in you will bring it through to completion. He will take everything that Jesus did on the cross and he will fulfill it even in your own very life. I pray the presence of God over you today. I pray the magnificent sacrifice of Jesus is real in your heart and mind. I pray you come near to him so that he will come near to you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been encouraged by this message. For more information, check out our website at desertlifechurch.org.